You can talk all you want to about God and what he can do for you, but you'll never know what God can do until you walk through the fire. You never know what God can do until you've been sick and you got to heal it. Hallelujah, he's a lawyer in the courtroom. And sometimes you need a lawyer in the courtroom. When you know you're guilty, you know you're messed up, but you need God's help. God says, I give you favor and grace sometimes. You'll never know until you've walked through the fire and experienced your deliverance. Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. The only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The hope in Christ is eternal. You may be facing some tremendous challenges right now. Join us today as we share this message with you about hope. The recipient of this letter were reminded by Paul that they were also strangers in this land. We are strangers in this world. We have been temporarily settled in this pagan society, and you got to be ready to move. We are strangers and aliens. Once you become a believer, you have come out of the kingdom of darkness, and you have gone into the kingdom of God. You are now strangers in the world that is run by the kingdom of darkness. He said, gird up your mind, get rid of the things such as worry and fear and jealousy and hate and unforgiveness and impurities and all of these things in our minds. Get rid of that stuff so we can move forward in the kingdom of God. See, the things that we hold on in our minds prevent us and prevent the Holy Spirit from using us in our minds and in our hearts to be fruitful in the kingdom. We can't be fruitful because we got all this stuff in our minds. We worried about our family. We worried about the children. We worried about the job. We worried about our health. Worried about what Trump gonna do. Worry about all kind of stuff. You can't do nothing about it, but you're still worried about it. Worried about Korea, nuclear weapons. Worried about something somebody talking about you don't even know nothing about, but you worried about it. How many of you worried about the Zika? You didn't know what the Zika was. Now you're worried about the Zika. They always going to have something for you to be worried about. You can't eat what you used to eat because it ain't no good. And when you get rid of that, they tell you, well, we made a mistake. It is good. (laughs) I mean, they always got something. So just eat what you want to eat. You ain't going to live forever no how. (laughs) I heard a report yesterday that the organic ain't always organic. It's a hustle. Now, they're selling you all kind of water. I told you, that's the biggest hustle they ever came up with, sell you water. <laughs> now they got all kind of flavors. You don't want plain water no more. These folks are trying to get in your pocket. Just get you a glass and get the, open the hydrant, get you some water and go somewhere and sit down. <laughs> what's worrying you? What's on your mind? Somebody said, what's in your wallet? <laughs> they want to get in your wallet. Amen. No, what's on your mind? That's what I meant. What's on your mind? What's worrying you this morning? What's causing you pain? Folks that don't have no relationship, they're worried about that and they're anxious. Folks that got one, they're worried about that one and they're anxious. You're trying to get somebody, they're trying to get rid of somebody. (laughs) See, when your mind is clear of worry and fear and all those activities, you are freed up so God can use you. The enemy knows what to do to attack believers. 
he knows that once you're saved, that he cannot mess with your eternal life. So he started messing with your natural life by giving you all these things. He'll get you busy. He'll get you under anxiousness, anxiety, and everything, and you worried, and you are worried, and you are worried about that. Peter says, get your mind together. And then he says, be self-controlled. The King James says, be sober. The word means to be calm and collected in spirit and temperament and circumspect. No matter what's going on, Be calm. It speaks of the state of mind in which the individual is self-controlled and is able to see things without the distortion caused by worry and fear and related attitudes. When the pressure is on for believers, when the anxiety level should be high for others, the believers ought to be the one in the room who says, and my God shall supply all of my needs. I will cast my cares upon the Lord, for he cares for me. I will be anxious for nothing, but in all things with thanksgiving, I will make my request known to the Lord. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. That's what the believer ought to be saying. Instead of just falling apart like everybody else. And then he says we ought to set our hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. We have a hope and we have a future. We got something to look forward to no matter what's going on right now. Remember, we're just passing through. Peter had spoken about the saints' inheritance in the last time. He says, when Jesus comes, that's when you'll realize the hope of everything you've been going through. Where your help and your hope is on the way. We have been justified by faith in our salvation. Now we are being sanctified as we're working out our salvation. But then there's going to be a time when we're going to be glorified and live with Jesus Christ. See, when you're saved, you got to go through some things, but it's just like having a menu. Sometimes we go out to dinner, and you've been out to dinner, and sometimes Jackie and I, we like to go to uh, places we haven't been to before, and... and, um, the Lord blesses you, and you don't have to eat at the Golden Corral like I used to, so I can go to nice places. But when you, some of these nice and gourmet places, you have to really look at what they bring you because you don't know what's on the plate. I know we took my mother to a nice restaurant one time, and she was eating, and, uh, and she was looking so sad. And I'm like, Mama, what's wrong? She says, is that all they're going to give us, three string beans? <laughs> That's what they do. They'll give you three of these and two of those. You're eating, and, and sometimes you really enjoy, and sometimes you get something you're not quite sure what it is, and you, it might not be bad, but it's just not something you're used to eating in your taste or whatever. But, you, you know, you're just trying to work through it and all that, and life is like that. You don't know sometimes what life is going to bring you, but you got to work through it. But while we're sitting there, we're looking at the other table who's finished eating, and they're bringing this big dessert tray. And you look at that dessert and you say, man, does that look good. Have you been there? When you looked at the dessert somebody else was eating, you're like, mmm. So while I'm eating, one of the things that helps me to get through is that dessert is coming next. (laughs) Peter is saying to the church, no matter what you're going through now, some dessert is coming. It's on the menu. It's coming to hope 
and the blessing when Jesus Christ come and he snatches you away and the rapture you to live with him forevermore. You ain't going to have no more pain. You're not going to have no more worry. You're not going to have no more trouble. Help and hope is on the way. Peter said, you got a hope laid up for you. Now, what do you need to do? He says, as obedient children then, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. As obedience children, literally the children of obedience, the motivational principle of the child of God should be obedience. Do you obey the Lord? And then he says, our character as obedient children, we are exhorted not to fashion ourselves and not to conform to our formal, former evil desires that when we lived in ignorance. Now, I'm not calling you ignorant. He said when you lived in ignorance. Ignorance means that you didn't know something. He said before you knew this life, before you knew about the life with Christ and the blessings of Christ and the Word of God, you lived in ignorance of it. Now, you thought that you were, uh, you thought you had it all together. You thought you knew which way you were going. You thought you had a good life, but you were ignorant to the things of God. And he said, you don't want to be conformed to this old world system of doing things. Again, he's talking to the believers. He's talking to those who are called saints. He's talking to those who have been elected and those who God foreknew enough to call you to himself. So once you are saved, you ought to be different. Uh, did y'all not know that? When you are saved, he saves you out of the world and you ought to be different from the people who are not saved. That's the ABCs of salvation. Saved folk ought to be different folk. If you saved, you got saved and don't nobody know you saved that know you, you ain't got to tell people you saved when you get saved. If you really love Christ with all your heart, he changes your life. The folks around you will say, what's wrong with you? They'll ask you, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you is that you can't connect with them like you used to connect with them. Some of y'all got saved and nothing changed. I got news for you. What's it say? News flash. You didn't get saved. Because if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. You might have thought you were saved. That's why Jesus said this at the judgment seat. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do anything I ask you to do? Why don't you get on out of here because I never knew you. Well, Lord, you know, I went to church here. I prayed, I sang in the choir. He said, but yeah, but I didn't know you. You were just perpetrating. Choir don't get you in. We had somebody in the choir, had to kick him out. See, the devil was in the choir. And he still worked through the choir. And the urshers. And the greeters. And the cedars. So just because you come to church don't mean you're saved. You are saved when you are saved, and when you are saved, something changed. You're not the same person. 
You can't act save at church and then be your other self when you leave. If you still got another self, you ain't saved. You know, you could be a babe in Christ and you got to grow in Christ, but you're different. Because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you is working in you and on you to help you to live that life of salvation. You're not the same person. You might have to grow. You might have some stuff you still got to pull off, but you're not the same person. When I got saved, everybody knew me, knew something happened. The temperature in the room changed when I came in. Where are we going Saturday night? I'm getting ready for church. Church? Yeah. I'm getting ready for church. When did you start going to church? A month ago. <laughs> no, nah, I don't believe that. I had a friend came to church with me to sit on the front row to see what they did to me. <laughs> he did. I want to come see. I don't believe this. I'm going with you. Where are you going? He sit on the front row. He looked at the preacher, looked at me, looked at the preacher, looked at me. <laughs> he was not happy. I was his friend. I was his road dog. I was his running buddy. And he ain't got no running buddy no more. What's, what they do to you? What they do to you? A different person. I ain't had to tell him. Well, you know, I gave my life to the Lord and I did this. And I say, something happened to you. Did something happen to you? Did something happen to you? I'm asking you. Did something happen to you? Well, how are you going to live? He said, don't be conformed to the things of the world. Here we come up and we make a profession of faith, give my life to Jesus Christ, and we still want to go out and live where we will live. And he said, do not be conformed to your evil desires in the way you used to live when you lived in ignorance. Cut it out. He said, don't assume an outward expression with the habits, the mannerisms, the dress, the speech expressions, the behavior of the world from out of which God saved you. There's no more cussing coming out of my mouth. And you can't go clubbing no more, man. Yes, I can, but I don't have a desire to. You ain't coming to the party. You can't party no more now that you go to church. I can party. Just got a new dance partner. I party on Sunday morning over at the church house. The Lord just changed your desires. It's not a whole list of cans and can'ts and whatever. The more you want of God, the more you start pulling off the other stuff. That's the bottom line. So when people keep on wanting to do stuff, they're not that interested in getting close to God. They ain't that interested. They just want to get close enough so I can just get in heaven. Now, see, this is hell over here. I want to get close enough, but I want to keep looking in hell. I just want to get close enough so that I don't fall in. I want to walk along here. But the blessings of the Lord is over here. And one guy says, if I could just make it into heaven, I don't care if the door closed on my coattail. If I could just, no, you don't want to be that close. Here's what Peter is saying, I'm not going to tell you all what not to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. If you're holy in all you do, I don't have to tell you what not to do. You'll pull it off on your own.
In other words, after the pattern of the one who called you, the Lord called you, he's holy, hook up with him, your life will change. Those who were at one time totally controlled by their evil cravings, now through salvation, you will enter a new state of being. He said, be holy, continually, as an orientation, as a lifestyle of who you become, become holy. We have now an inward holiness by virtue of the residence of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, challenging us in our lives and pointing us to God's righteousness and obedience. And the word holy means literally to set apart, set apart. I am set apart for God's use. Not my own use, not my own way, not what I want to get done. I have set myself apart so God can use me. Are you set apart? Don't answer that one. Get your mind together and then decide whether you're going to be set apart. It's the idea of separation. It's the separated life of which Peter is speaking. We're not to cover up our character as Christians by behaving in a life that's patterned after our former way of living. In other words, people don't know you're a Christian because they can't tell because you are living like them and acting like them and fitting in with them on everything you do. It doesn't mean you can't go around folks that are unholy and ungodly. I'm not saying that. See, separation don't mean that you're out of the world. We live in this world, we're just not of this world. Some people say, I still like to go around my friends and while they partying and they having the, their, their drinking party and their, their dope smoking party, playing dominoes. I just love to play dominoes, Pastor. Okay. I'm going to tell you this. If you're holy, your friend's going to tell you to stop coming. If you're holy. Let me tell you something. Evil spirits cannot be comfortable in the presence of the Holy Ghost. And if you got the Holy Ghost out of you in holiness, they cannot be comfortable around you. And you can't be comfortable continually hanging out with them. That's just the way it go. They don't mix. Darkness and light don't mix. They don't stay together that good. You can go in there and say you're going to play dominoes and you start singing your praise song. I'm a friend of God. Whoa, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He called. You ain't going to stay that long. <laughs> or are you going to be comfortable with all that rap music, with all that cussing in it while you playing that? Then blowing smoke in your face and smoking weed all around you. You ain't got no problem. He's just my friends. And, I'm, and you ain't told them nothing about Jesus. Start talking about Jesus. They're going to get up one by one and leave. You know, I'm here, the Lord sent me over here to the Dominica game <laughs> because he wants to share with you that don't gamble with your life. You may try to put this together the best you can, but the Spirit of God sent me here because he loves you. Jesus wants to come into your life while, while we're playing here. Jesus wants to come into your life. What you think they're going to do when you do that? 
So you can't fool me. If that's where you like to hang out, you might need another dose of the Holy Ghost because you don't have what you need. Let me close with this. Number one, make up your mind. Get everything out of the way that will hinder you and hinder your success in the kingdom of God. Secondly, lay aside every worry, every fear, every bitterness, every distraction, unforgiveness, anger, and anything else that's displeasing to God. Lay it aside so God can use you. Now, set your mind on the things that God has in store for you. God has some things in store for you. Set your mind on it. The best, indeed, is yet to come. Secondly, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Decide that you're going to be holy. Can you decide that? I want to set my mind on living a holy life. Father, I want to, I want to be holy and pure before you. And then thirdly, and lastly, be holy in all you do. Father, we thank you for your word through your apostle Peter to the church in the New Testament and to the church in humble Texas on this day. Help us, almighty God, to prepare our minds for action. Help us to orient ourselves toward you for our love to you and for you. Help us to lay aside every weight. Help us to lay aside every sin that so easily beset us so that we can run the race that you have marked out for us when you elected us and called us and set us into your kingdom. Help us, almighty God, right now. Forgive us. Wash us, cleanse us, purify us, and Help us to be focused on you and what you've already laid aside for us. Help us, almighty God, to be self-controlled, to not be conformed to the things of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to understand the distinction between what is right and what is holy and what is unholy, what is godly and what is ungodly what is beneficial and what's unbeneficial for our lives as we give our hearts and our minds and our lives to you. I pray for every person in this place today. You called us to use us. You called us to be fruitful in your kingdom. You called us to be a light to the world. You called us because you have an assignment for us. Help us to overcome every obstacle that the enemy places in our pathway so that we can be the blessing and the light that you've called us to be. And we thank you for it now in the name of Jesus Christ. There's an old hymn that says the only hope we have is in Christ Jesus. With all the things that are going on in our country and in our community and perhaps even in our own homes, we need the eternal hope that the Lord Jesus Christ brings through his salvation. This is Jerry G. Martin and I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to hear it again, you can go to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message or any previous messages that you've heard on this station. We are in a place where it is time to rebuild. It was Nehemiah who said about the walls in Jerusalem, the walls have been torn down and the gates of the city has been burned to wit fire. 
at the Light of the World, we are preparing for a week of fasting and prayer. And you can join right along with us. We're going to have in-person prayer every evening beginning Monday, November the 1st through Friday, November the 5th at 7 p.m. at our main sanctuary at 16161 Old Umber Road. And you're welcome to join along with us as we're going to pray over our country. We're going to pray over our community. We're going to pray over our families. Again, that's November 1st through 5th, 7 o'clock p.m. You can come from all over the city and join us right here in the humble North Houston area. You're also invited to be our guest each Sunday at 10 a.m. for our morning service in person. We are coming back together, worshiping God and reaching people for His kingdom. For more information, you can call us at 281-964-1393 or visit us online at lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.